Hi, I'm Rob Vilnev, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Think of your internal culture and external brand as reflections of each other. A strong brand is based on a strong culture and vice versa. When you have a really strong culture, it reaches everyone who interacts with you, your team, and your product. Your customers will feel it. The nugget here, when the lines between culture and brand start to blur, you know you're on the right track because it likely means you've created a culture that's worth sharing. Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Rogers Small Business Centers are located coast to coast inside their retail stores. Small business owners and entrepreneurs can book appointments free of charge with a small business specialist to receive one-on-one expert advice on Rogers products and services. Rogers Small Business Centers offer free events where business owners gain valuable insights from experts and the opportunity to network with peers. To find out more about dates and speakers in your area or to register for an event, please visit rogersbusinesscenters.com. Scotiabank understands what's involved when businesses first open their doors and the support that's needed to keep them open. They are helping customers respond to the speed of business, making it easier for entrepreneurs to open their accounts and apply for business loans online in minutes. To learn more, visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business. Storytelling, the journey of real change makers and discovering their impact on the world we live in. And now, broadcasting from Fredericton, New Brunswick, on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, Rivers Corbett. Welcome to the Startup Canada Podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day in the life stories and in their shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, don't forget to visit the iTunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit coachingbyrockstars.com for more information.
Okay, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show, folks. And look, I am excited today because we have as our guest, Mr. Ali Fatih. He's the CEO of MindBridge AI, a company that uses advanced solutions-based human-centric AI, machine learning, and big data to provide to help identify and eliminate financial crimes, which we know that is a huge deal these days. Ellie Fati is the winner of the 2016 Startup Canada Senior Entrepreneur of the, uh, the Year Award. I had the opportunity to meet with Ellie when we were up in uh, up in uh, Toronto getting those awards. Uh, a serial entrepreneur who has established himself as one of Canada's most notable entrepreneurs, Ellie has built, scaled, and exited many great companies in the national capital region. Ellie's companies currently employ over 350 people and have generated over 500 million in salaries and benefits in the Ottawa region since their inception, including Fluidware, which was acquired by SurveyMonkey. Today's interview, we're going to learn the story behind this leading champion and enabler of Canada's entrepreneurship community. Ellie, welcome to the show, my friend. Great to chat. Rivers, I'm very excited to be on the show. Uh, Startup Canada is an incredible organization, and I am so happy to be contributing and very small part to it. Well, you may think it's a small part, but I think others might think it's a little bit more than a small. But uh, I get your point because humbleness is part of your journey for sure. And uh, talking about your journey, uh, Israel, notably Tel Aviv, is the hub of tech and innovation. And you came to Canada from Israel in the 70s. Can you tell us about that journey? And did growing up in Israel really jumpstart your interest in tech? Uh, well, a lot of things have changed since the 70s. So I came here when I was 22 years old. But uh, I, I think that what defined me, I would say, was growing up, uh, and, and I can describe, that was not uh, where I ended up. I, when, I, when I grew up, I basically grew up in a family with nine people. I was wow. one of the nine. And we were living in one room. We shared uh, kitchen and bath, so it wasn't a uh, very pleasant from uh, experience in the sense that um, it, it was. That's the way it was. Uh, mm. I think that everybody in those days uh, went through the same situation. No one had a lot of stuff, so you never felt different than anybody else. But what really defined me, I would say that two things. One is uh, the love of my mother, the unconditional love, uh, mm. and the siblings. And secondly was also the fact that uh, we were expected to do things to help to really uh, make food in the house, right? In the mm -hmm. in sense that my father had a store, vegetables and fruit store. Uh, he'll wake up 5 o'clock in the morning, goes to the market, bring the, the groceries, uh, wait, come and have breakfast, then go to the store, open the store, wait, work until 6 at night, come home at 7, eat dinner, watch a little bit of TV, get up again, and do the same cycle over and over again. Mm. So we were expected to help in the store. So I think that some of the, you can say the entrepreneurship uh, spirit was, well, you were in the store, you expected to help. Uh, right after school, when you finished school, you went and helped. Each one of us did. Right. So, but you know, I, I like to say that I never felt poor. Although 
people don't realize what poor is. I mean, I say I did not have a stake until I was 23 years old. I, was, I did not have a car until I was 25 years old. What do you expect now that a 16-year-old, an 18-year-old in Canada can expect to have as a given? Uh, you can go and get an apartment when you're 18 years old. You can go uh, rent, lease a car or buy a car. All of this uh, natural thing that we accept here as given, that was not the case, you know, and, mm. and that has to define you. It makes you a stronger person and also somebody that uh, basically is able to appreciate when you are succeeding. Very, very interesting. So what brought you to Canada then? I, I came to Canada to go to school. Uh, that was, and I went to uh both Algonquin and uh, Ottawa U. So I went to engineering school and uh, I, I was very interested in this field. And going back, uh, 1978, uh, uh, when I graduated, was uh, the, the area of uh, expansion in the high tech. And so I was really in the right time mm. uh, looking at the right uh, profession to get into. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I was just going to say technically, uh, but you were really ahead of the curve when it comes, when you look back at how things have progressed over the past years. I mean, for you to, to have that foresight, but also the, the, the desire to play in that game really made you, I think, one of the early adopters in that, in that space. Is that fair to say? Yes. And I've seen it, like, if you look at Ottawa region and at this time, uh, going back to the uh, 1978, 79, what you had um, basically was two departments, Department of National Defense and Department of Communication that helped to start companies. They basically, it was called Defense Research Establishment Ottawa, DREO, and Communication Research Center, CRC, at Shirley Bay's at the west end of Ottawa. And it was a normal situation where they will fund some development and you can get contract to do that. And that's how my first two startups got formed. Uh, and that was really, if you look at it, in this case, probably Canada was ahead of the curve from that perspective, uh, where they actually promoted the incubation in some form or other uh, of companies. And you can... Mm see a lot of companies that started that way. The other side of the coin was uh, the Nortel uh, that uh -huh. was in BNR that those days, Bell Northern Research, that was a big research center for uh, Bell Canada and Nortel until they were merged into Nortel. And that's the other one, the high tech that spun off, obviously, Mitel and other companies. But that's, you know, that was really between the 70, 1970 to 1980, where you saw this kind of a number of startups, uh, not with VC. So that was pre-VC, mm -hmm. and that's really interesting. Uh, mm. You did not see the VC coming way later on into the picture. So uh, without the VC, what were the means by which? Was it just organic growth? Uh, so if, if you look at the first company that uh, I joined, I, I just want to say one more thing that is important in the journey. Sure. In, 19, in 1976, when uh, we had, my wife and I had, had $200 left in the bank at Christmas time. Uh, right. 182 was to pay the rent and $18 was left for the rest. Uh, that's it. Uh, we Incredible. had really nothing more than that. We had to stay 
we close to school so we can walk. We did not have money to buy tickets. So we, we basically, bus tickets, it was a luxury. And uh, what we've done for <laughs> entertainment uh, was basically at the weekend to take a bus, go to the biggest shopping center that we had in Ottawa and, and window shop right. and just have ice cream for dessert. And that, this was it. But yeah, if you look at it, uh, that did not stop anything because in 1978, I, I, was, I graduated with summa cum laude and with uh, a lot of debt, uh, student loans, and then my journey started. So you said, mm. you asked the question, how it happened? It happened organically because uh, the first company that uh, I was uh, the VP of engineering, basically was, uh, I was in the RCMP with, as a first data engineer. Uh, and that was great experience. Uh, and I uh, was able to, uh, to learn a lot, but uh, I also felt that I wanted to be entrepreneur. And uh, even though I had great time there, I felt that it was time to really, I was bitten by the bug of entrepreneurship. Right. So what happened is that one of my professors was in the US uh, and he, it, he had a dormant technology company. And I said, look, why don't we get a small contract for three months and I will leave full time and join. So my daughter was born and uh, and a week later, I left. And, you know, you have to consider that you're going out to your wife and say, honey, yeah. I'm leaving a secure job in the government yeah. that I love, that is great. It's a very secure, highly paid. And I'm going on a three-month contract. And I don't know yeah. what will happen after three months. Yeah. And, uh, and she said, you know, if that's what you want, I'll support you. No, Wonderful. go with your decision because I want it to be happy if you don't, if you mm. feel that this is what you want to do. And, and I never looked back. And this is, uh, that was number one, and this is now number seven. Mm. So uh, there was a long history from number one to number seven. Yeah, I love it. No, I, I and I think these are important lessons to learn. One of them is the the whole thing: just do it. You know, I see so many businesses these days, startup businesses in particular. They they all, oh, I can't get started because I don't have any money. I can't get started because I don't have any money. And uh, you're living proof that you don't need the money. You know, uh, in the initial stages to get you going. Yes, you need money, but it, it's not the necessity. Rivers, there is an interesting. Uh Chinese story uh, that go back to China. And, and it says, if you want to capture, uh, it's a proverb that says, if you want to capture the island, uh, burn the boats. And, and if mm. you read it, the historical part of it is actually, they say, throw the China, uh, throw the dishes overboard. And, and what they meant by that is basically, uh, if you have umbilical cord, they keep being attached to you you are not fully engaged. So mm -hmm. by by burning all the bridges, so think about in the case of the first startup, if I said, no, I will work at RCMP and then I will stay and work part-time in the other one. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can't, you have to burn the bridges. You have to go full body into the water. You cannot just put one toe in the water. Were you scared when you were doing that and you started off? Absolutely. I, mm. I scared not for myself. I was scared for because I have uh, a week old baby that mm. I have to support, right? Mm -hmm. And mm. and you think about it, 
uh, they, they are dependent on me. Uh, now, my wife was working, but it wasn't enough to support all of us. So uh-huh. I had to make sure that I'm making money somehow. Yeah. And, and that, uh, that's a risk. Yeah, of course it is. And I, why I asked that question specifically is that you've had a, a wonderful journey and continue to have a wonderful journey as an entrepreneur. But even you were scared at times during your journey. And I think that those feelings are very real and very raw. And I think they need to be identified. Yet it's still, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And actually, they get the, in, in, in an indirect way, of course, they can be very motivating um, as you go through it. So, you know, sorry, go ahead. You know, I was. If you're not scared, something is wrong with you because that means that you don't care. Uh, mm. I'm scared now. It's scared. It's not now for me. I'm scared for the 20 people that we have in the company. I'm scared for. It's always. It's just what uh. the feeling that changes is not. The, if you don't have the feeling, it's bad. You uh, have the feeling uh. because you care about something and you want to succeed. So by having this feeling of, of scaredness, you are scared, that means that you're going to work that much harder to make sure that uh. you are successful. I love it. Well, let's let's uh, segue over to MyBridge AI and and uh, your experiences as the as the CEO. Is there anything on in your journey as CEO of uh, of your your company that you think is is relevant to um, I guess entrepreneurs that are that are starting these days that are trying to get to the level that you're at? So. Uh, y- one of the things that is important, and I, and I do blog about it, I just uh, put in my blog number 16 today on LinkedIn and Medium. Uh, and, and what I say about it, whereas uh, 30 years ago, you can start a company you're alone and it will work and you can get there. Today, the complexity of the internet uh, and globalization makes it virtually impossible for one person to make it a success. It's a multidisciplinary team. You need Mm. a team to succeed. Mm. And if you look at what we have in MindBridge, you have a team, you have uh, uh, a Solon Angel who is our uh, thought leaders that understand, uh, he founded the company, he understand really uh, the fraud and financial risk problem. You have Robin, uh, Grosset, who is our uh, CTO par excellence, probably from my perspective, one of the best CTOs in North America, was the former chief architect of Watson Analytics. And, and then you have uh, uh, a number of additional people that, uh, uh, like Jim Fagan, on the business development. You mm-hmm. have and, and other, I can two numbers to mention, but it's a team. team. You cannot make it alone. In mm. today's, today's environment, you can have uh, 10 companies in Argentina and in, Tanz- in South Africa and in England all doing the same thing, and you don't know uh, where the competition coming from. It, you cannot mm. expect anymore that you are alone. So 30 years ago, you knew where the competition will come, the U.S. and some from Europe. Nowadays, mm. it can come from anywhere. Mm, love it, love it, love it, love it. Well, how is uh, using machine learning helping to identify and eliminate uh, financial crimes? That's a great question. So let me go back to uh, the 50s when the computer was invented okay. in the late 48. And what happened is there were two schools of thoughts. Uh, school of thought was, number one, was that 
what we see now talk about singularity. So if you know the, the notion of singularity, uh, one of the school of thought says that within the next 15 to 25 years, the computers will be able to surpass what the human mind can do, and they will be able to do it all by themselves. So when the computer and the human brain will be able to do the same thing, then we achieve singularity. That's one school of thought. The other school of thought, and going back to the 50s, is that uh, there is a book that says augmenting human intelligence. In other words, the computer will always be there to augment what the mind of the person is. We really believe in this second philosophy. It's possible that singularity will happen and probably it will happen. I, I don't know. Uh, the futurists will tell you within the next 15 to 25 years, but who knows? Uh, and But what currently what we are seeing is that uh, the machines can do a lot of functions that human cannot do very well. So you, you can have a child that can look at uh, a picture and differentiate between a cat and a dog. And, and you know, very easily, two-year-old can, can tell you the difference, right? But mm -hmm. it took a computer a lot of effort if they, uh, Google did uh, one study on YouTube and they had to spend $100,000 of computing resources for them to identify the cats on YouTube, right? So uh, the, the difference is that a uh, computer can do repetitive question, repetitive task, fantastically fast, uh, whereas the human can interpret things a lot faster. So now going back to the financial problem, Mm -hmm. the, it's a it's epidemic. The currently it is estimated that the fraud uh, is a three point one trillion with a T dollars Incredible. around the world, and uh, this is all kind of fraud. I'll just mention one aspect. Um, if you look at the food, the food uh, it's one point two trillion dollars business in terms of packaged food, and it's estimated that twenty percent. Uh, what's show you on the label, what is shown on the label is not what actually is the package. And it's very difficult to, to trace that because you just don't have the capacity, the human capacity, the computer capacity to try that. So uh, furthermore, uh, what currently happens and why machine learning and artificial intelligence, and by the way, machine learning is a branch of artificial intelligence. Uh, mm -hmm. What you are seeing in current system is that it's called a rule-based. So a rule-based will be something that, uh, let's say you are in a company and you have signing authority of $10,000. So what will happen is if you want to break the rule and you know the rule, then all you have to do is have two invoices or two checks of $5,000. And the machine will not be able to determine it because the rule is $5,000. This is the problem with the rules. You need to have somebody that will extrapolate and define all the rules, all the permutation, and come up with mm -hmm. the list of rules that you have to find. The other problem that you have with, with the, and why machine will change that, is that uh, you are looking at uh, 
machine, a needle on a haystack. You're looking because of the vast amount of data that exists in today's environment, you know, the big data problem. You're actually looking at uh, a needle in a haystack in, in, a, in a haystack in the corner of the haystack. <laughs> so as a result, you cannot really find all the problems. So how does the artificial intelligence help? Because remember, machine can do computation very fast. And if you add uh, machine learning algorithms, what happens is it can do all of that very rapidly. So to give you an example, in our system, if you put a file that is 100,000 transactions, we can give you the result in less than two minutes. But if you were to do it by hand, it will take you months. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. Incredible. It's just incredible. I'm in, I'm in awe listening to one, how you well you articulate it, first of all, because it's a very complex subject. But then, second of all, uh, how powerful uh, it is with what you're doing and um, in uh, bringing this to the to the to the market and and dealing with this th trillion dollar with a T uh, epidemic that I'm sure is only going to get bigger and bigger. So uh, I appreciate that insight. Thank you so much. Um, what uh, you know, you're you're a serial entrepreneur, and we've talked about uh, some of the other. You know, we mentioned uh, Fluidware as one of your companies. Um, let me ask you this question: of your journeys so far, what's and I and and I don't want what we're talking about now with Mindbridge to be one of your answers. Uh, of the other companies you had, which one was your favorite, and why? Uh, absolutely, Fluidware. So mm -hmm. uh, I have to tell you. That was unbelievable experience. Why? So uh, it was co-founded uh, by four people, uh, two full-time and two were students in um, McGill University until they were able to join us full-time when they graduated. But uh, the most thrilling uh, experience was to work with the 20-year-olds mm. and build it from the ground up. So that was bootstrap operation. The previous company before that, I actually raised a $20 million on the market. But this one, we bootstrapped it. And we mm -hmm. worked uh, diligently with, uh, and I'll tell you the, the three name, it was Aiden Mirzai, Amin Mirzai, his brother, who was the CTO, and and Sam, uh, who, who was our uh, incredible uh, tech a guru. So uh, we, we were, it was very exciting. You worked with literally 21, 22 people, and it was working six days, six and a half days. Uh, my wife was the controller, so we'll come mm. we, to work at about 8.30, and we leave the office at about 9.30, and Sunday we'll do the same thing. And it was the most exciting thing to do because you are taking people right out of the university uh, and as raw as they come, like we, we hired people as they come and you see the growth in them, it's amazing. So that mm. was an absolutely incredible journey. And we did it in six and a half years from uh, zero to uh, selling it uh, to serve a monkey in, in basically six and a half years. And what are uh, what is what have those people highlight one or two? What have they gone on and done done since uh, their exit? The fluid. So uh, Sam and Amin are still 
at uh, Server Monkey at a very high position. Uh, Aiden, uh, my co-CEO, uh, is uh, just now starting another company. So watch out for him. He's going to do very well. Uh, but I've seen a lot of people. And you know what's the most rewarding thing is to see people that came, as I said, green, uh, and mm. now they're in a high position, director position, or left to other companies and are doing very well as directors uh, and very successful with high salaries. And people, remember, they came, uh, I can tell you without mentioning name, people that came from uh, geography, they had, they learned that was their degree. Yeah. And uh, and then <laughs> we, we taught them how to, was that, it, if it was customer support, if it was marketing, if it was sales, and they are now at uh, earning uh, anywhere, you know, $80,000 to $120,000. So yeah. it's it, that's so rewarding to see that, right? You, you change the yes. life of people. Yeah, that's wonderful. I love uh, I love hearing about that. It's uh, you know I've always I've you, you get back to your team aspect again, and it, when you're at the beginning stages of your business too, to have a team that's willing to do what it's needed for the team first and them second is one a, a testament to great leadership, but also to uh, great uh, uh, self esteem for the uh, individual and the willingness to learn and so on. So uh, that's that's a great story. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. Get paid faster. Create and send professional email invoices in minutes with PayPal. Join over 250,000 Canadian businesses using PayPal to accept payments. Get started today at www.paypal.ca forward slash small business. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints, from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors, and we are back. Um, you've uh, you you're a big big fan that uh, about you can't have corporate success without giving back. So how are how are you giving back? So let me ask you this twofold: How did you give back in the earlier days, and how are you giving back now? Um. In the earlier days, uh, I think that you are so focused on uh, the company, the only way to give back is by hiring people and giving them the opportunity. And mm -hmm. I find that this uh, in this branch of, of doing that, I find that the company, because I have multiple ways that I, I give back, but I find that the company is a vehicle for me to give back. And how? Uh, what I find in life that a lot of people are very smart, very articulated, and can present themselves properly. Few people are still smart, but cannot present themselves properly. And when they come to the interview, they don't shine in the interview. And as a result, mm. 
they uh, are left behind. Throughout uh, my career, I help people like that, and I call it the Cinderella story, because no, they were basically left behind to Cinderella to clean the house and not really have the opportunity to show what they're capable. And I can name person after person after person that I gave the opportunity to. And I tell them, I only gave you the opportunity. I did not do anything. Uh-huh. Out of 100%, and I was talking to someone yesterday that we just gave the opportunity in Brian Mindbridge, and that person is going to join. A similar thing, the, the, uh, where I would say 99% are taking the challenge and are shining. 1% doesn't. But this 99%, it's true Cinderella story. Because they become a manager, director, uh, and and they're making good salary, and they can show that given the opportunity, they can succeed. So that's how I did it in the early stages. About uh, 15 years ago, I I ch- ch- started to g- give back in two other way. One is uh, I was the chair uh, and co-founder of Community and Corporate Social Responsibility at Algonquin College. Uh, it ran for five years, and uh, at uh, 2013 was the last uh, year. We had um, either 12 or 13, I don't remember now. We had uh, almost a 1,000 people attending a full day. There were uh, seminars, uh, basically parallel sessions with uh, breakout sessions, we had uh, morning keynote speaker, afternoon keynote speaker, and at dinner gala, we gave awards to young people and corporation. And we had keynote speakers like uh, our former prime minister, Paul Martin, uh, the former prime minister of uh, Mexico, Vicente Fox, and so on. So that was a really giving back and highlighting the whole issue of corporate social responsibility. So that was the second I type that what I've done. The third one is uh, helping um, on boards. I serve on many non-for-profit boards. Uh-huh. Uh, too numerous to mention, but I can tell you I served for six <laughs> years on the Alzheimer board. I yeah. served on the uh, Ottawa Community uh, Chamber of Commerce. I now serve on the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. I serve on the Community Foundation of Ottawa. I serve a variety of high-tech uh, firm. I also served on the Ottawa Community Loan Fund, and that gives small funds, microloans to people. And I'm involved with the university and the college in terms of advisory boards and so on. Uh, so uh, that's the, the other way. And then the final way that I help is by mentoring. I mentor a mm-hmm. lot of people, young CEOs, managers. Uh, whenever somebody asks me, I volunteer to help them. I uh, Participated just a week ago. Uh, the director of the EMBA Telfer School called me, uh, asked me. The, they one of the individual that was talking about leadership was not there. Can you present to the thirty EMBA students? I I went and spent two hours with them. I mentor them for a project. So I I basically if someone asks, I help them. 
Yeah, just like you're here today, helping us across the country learn from your uh, from your background and your your journey. Ellie, talk to me about your. Uh, we talked a bit about your wife and your family and so on. I mean, that's a, that's a balancing act. That's uh, that's that that's always needs to be balanced. How do you how do you bring in you know your your family commitment and obligations and so on into this very hectic world of being an entrepreneur? So when when our children were young, uh, luckily the uh, I, I think until they were teenagers, uh, the work uh, was not as crazy as as it was. I did still work until six uh, six at night and then work after hours. But I made sure that I was with them. One thing that I made sure absolutely was vital every year, winter and summer and the long weekends will go somewhere and I spend with them. So that nice. was a must. Uh, mm. This way I'm with them, my wife, myself, and and the two daughters, we spend with them. And it was, and they will tell you now when you talk to them that that if you don't remember the day-to-day to, day to day in school, but you remember mm-hmm. when you went somewhere and you were with mom and dad and with mm. uh, in the family, they always remember that, and they tell you about the memories. Mm, so that was one mm. thing. Uh, then it gave them the travel back. So actually, they ended up going <laughs> to school far away from home. So we ended up being an empty nester fairly quick. And um, now, I said my wife worked with me at uh, Fluidware, shoulder to shoulder. Uh, we'll go together, and we'll work for six days together. And uh and the same thing now, but I said now, never mind. It's not fair anymore. So you're only allowed to volunteer one day a week for a dollar. This way, you cannot <laughs> you cannot work. It's it's you're not allowed to, you know. You you give enough for the for yeah. the world. It's now time to to take care of yourself as well. So, but we yes. now spend a lot of time whenever we can because our daughters don't live in uh, the same city as we are. So we try mm-hmm. to see them on a regular basis, and we talk of to course. them on the phone as much as we can. It's great, uh, isn't it, these days with the uh, with the phone? Um, by the way, I remember the seventies. I'm about eight years behind you, but uh, it, it it. My daughter's now in Vietnam. You pick up a phone, you look at her, you talk to her. It's uh, it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, you maintain that really. You don't rely on postcards and and collect no, no. calls. <laughs> Not at all. Elliot, tell us about uh, about Canada as an AI hub. You know, kind of what's your vision for making Canada a leader in this uh, in this space? You know, it's absolutely exciting time. So, so let me say something for the benefits of people that are going to school now. Um, the two key areas that have shortages, aside, of course, from the professional people, if it's doctors, nurses, uh, and, and so on, accounting, lawyers, the one that you want to go is data science and cyber. Right mm-hmm. now, there is a shortage, humongous shortage, uh, acute shortage of people in this area. Now, how is it changing? Uh, up to a few years ago, the hub uh, was in Toronto. We had some really incredible, University of Toronto, some really smart uh, professors. Some of them ended up in Google and other companies and Apple and so on. 
just the last year, the Quebec government invested 213 or 15 million dollars and created uh, a whole uh, basically hub around um, AI. So they are taking it very seriously. And again, you have some really smart AI people in the field. We in Ottawa, we are slightly behind uh, in terms of having a hub only dedicated to to that, but uh, from a government perspective, but we do have uh, the universities of score Carleton and uh, Ottawa U, but you have Watson Analytics, you have IBM uh, and, and a number of other companies that are working in the business intelligence uh, as well as in AI. So you are seeing uh, slowly because of the business environment as opposed to the, in this case, uh, the universities are going to catch up and uh, start to develop more and more programs. We are involved with them. Our CTO is on one of the advisory board. So we're trying to promote that. Our regular meetings are being held, meetups where we, we try to accelerate that. This is where we have to be. This is where, uh, as Canadian, as Canada, in terms of the science, the innovation, this is where we have to be. Uh, if you mm. look at uh, if they call Ragtag or FinTech or Cybertech, all of that area mm-hmm. where you're utilizing AI, uh, that's where the key uh, investment is going around the world, and this is where we have to be. Mm, love it. Is, is this something, though, that, that can work uh, for all startups that they can adopt, or is it, you know, because it, it, it sounds like just a, a tech play. Is there is there something that uh, can relate to all startups? Uh you know, I uh, one of I over Christmas I met with my nephew. So the answer is is yes. So let me tell you an example. Uh, apparently, and he has a, a five year old, and apparently he said, you know what the hardest toy is, not having any more five year old. I said, no, I don't. And he said, what well, the, the the most uh, sought after toy for this Christmas for 2016 was uh, a toy. It's like an egg that you uh, mm-hmm. hold to your chest, and after about 45 minutes, you it hatches uh, <laughs> some kind of, uh, I, I don't know, a doll of some sort. Yep. And, and then it teaches, you You basically, they learn activities, right? So there is an example where a simple mm-hmm. AI, machine learning, is going, this is in the toy industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my other friend was telling me he has an eight-year-old and 10-year-old, and he said, do you know Hot Wheel? I said, yeah, I know Hot Wheel. And he said, well, you should see the new Hot Wheel. And, and it is a track that, again, with a simple algorithm, uh, machine learning, it can tell where the cars are. The track is, is not uh, on a single uh, tr- track, but rather all circular in one plane. Wow. And b- utilizing AI and machine learning, it knows where the car is and so on. So there is an example <laughs> in the toy industry and so on. So machine mm. learning and artificial intelligence can uh, be everywhere. And you know it with Siri. You know that you look on your phone uh, when it, it learns from what you do. If, if Every morning when you turn on your phone and you look at it, it and you get into the car, uh, it tells me it's going to take you 22 minutes to get to your office, right? Mm-hmm. So it's assumed right away, things like mm. that. So yes, you you should embrace this kind 
to a lot of functions. And, and the other aspect that is important because the VC community is really attacking any industry that is a, you can automate with a, with a computer. And you see that at McDonald's for the ordering, uh, mm-hmm. and you see that uh, what how they're investing to, to make the legal profession more efficient, the accounting profession more efficient. Basically, every uh, profession that can, the function can be automated is under attack, and you'll find one company that is going to go after that, utilizing artificial intelligence to try to improve what you're doing. So there's, Ellie, I, I want you to know this, and I want you to know this from a true complimentary basis. This has been the longest podcast show that I've recorded this year, and it's because the information is intoxicating. It's absolutely just a wonderful, wonderful conversation. But and and I got I've got like three or four more questions to go here, but unfortunately I can't go on all of them. But I do have one that I wanted sure. to ask, and it's not on the script, so you you can put your script away with that one. Okay. It's it's twenty years from now. What's your for what's what's your crystal ball tell you something that you say? Oh, be ready. This is what's going to happen, and people are going to say, "Oh my gosh, really?" And they're going to they're going to think about what you say and what you think is going to happen, and then uh, and. 20 years from now, with regards to your industry? Are we going to see a lot more automation, a lot more independence? Uh, You already see it now with the cars, but it's not only that. You're going to see uh, the professions as we know it, legal profession, uh, the medical profession. uh, You're going to see uh, the accounting. Every profession that you see today is going to change. Uh, mm. I don't want to say that it will look like in uh, Star Wars or, or uh, uh, all of these things, but you're going to have a lot of changes, a lot of automation and reliance on computers, uh, and especially in 20 years from now, will be close to singularity. So you're going mm-hmm. to see a lot of functions being done by machine, and the human is going to be the enabler, uh, and the, the result, I mean... For example, you know that we already have a prototype of a flying car. We have mm-hmm. a prototype of a flying car. I don't know if you've seen it last year. There is a prototype. They expect by the year 2020 to be operational. So just extrapolate from that. In three years, three they're expecting years. it to be operational, not for individual as much as for police forces and uh, first responders. Yeah, in three years. Yeah. Wow, you know, um, I you remember the Star uh, the original Star Trek shows? Yes, of course. Y- yes, of course. And the Jetsons, the cartoons, and so on yes. that were all about future. Ninety nine percent of what was in those shows is now existing. The only one that I can't think it isn't existing is the one, the Transformer, where you can uh, transform from the ship down to uh, the planets. But I, I, I believe what you say is going to happen, and uh, I think for those that are willing to embrace that rather than fight it, are really going to be open to a world of great opportunity going forward. So. Yeah. 
Ellie Fatty, this has uh, just been a wonderful conversation, sir. I know you came in to the studio to get this, this uh, today. Again, shows your willingness to contribute and give back to uh, entrepreneurs across this country and around the world. And um, just thank you very much for your time today and keep doing your magic. Oh, the other thing I wanted to ask you is that um, what is your uh, your LinkedIn address? Because I think it's important that people uh, get your uh, get your access to your blog writing. Uh, my uh, the LinkedIn uh, it's uh, it's it's through my Gmail account. So if you Google Elifathy, you'll get to uh, my LinkedIn. Okay, uh, perfect. And that's E L I and then F A T H I. Yes. Awesome, sir. Keep on happening, my friend. I look forward to the next opportunity to shake your hand. Thank you so much for letting me share my thoughts with you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Steve Ufford, CEO and founder at Trilio, and you're listening to the Startup Canada podcast. If you were prime minister for a day, and I always like to joke with my questions, I, of course, have the power to do this, uh, <laughs> to make you prime minister for a day tomorrow. Uh, how are you going to, what's the one thing you're going to do nationally to really drive that entrepreneurship um, uh, agenda? And when I say entrepreneurship, I, 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 I think that's synonymous with, with the word innovation in my opinion so um, yeah. what would you do number one thing uh is that i would make the canadian government the biggest buyer of early technologies in the country mm. and the reason for that is is if you keep dumping you know grant money that's great to get it started but you've got to follow it through with revenue and the reason that that is that we need the feedback cycles we need the risk profile of a large customer to tell us listen this is what we need from you to solve this pain point the hardest part of building a global product or, or a big product is getting your first customers and the government can be a huge huge helpful uh early adopter of, right. of the very companies that it that it sponsors and we have some programs like uh, BCIP and uh, all those, but they're too they're too onerous and, and too selective. There's, as prime minister, I would get out the pen and uh, here I've been watching way too much Trump. Do we have executive orders here? <laughs> sure, we do. Hey, you're in charge, man, not me. <laughs>